Hello and welcome to another exciting and informative episode of Sharing the Magic. I am your host, your ghost host, Barry. We're so glad you're here to listen to another interesting conversation with an, an amazing guest. Our guest today founded his company in 1977 while he was still in high school and working out of his parents' garage. Today he works in a giant production facility, studio, and mock-up space where he operates it with close to 100 talented employees. But before we introduce him, let's say hello to the other co-hosts. First up is the Goofy Doop himself, Jeff. Jeff, how you doing? Oh, gorge, ladies and gentlemen, and all my friends. Let's time introduce you to someone who's plum dandy at bringing things to life. So put your paws together and give a holler to our special guest, little mastermind behind the mesmerizing world of animatronics. And I'm yearning for some learning. <laughs> Glad you're awesome. here. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. <laughs> all right. Next up, she is rebel scum and proud. Tara, Tara, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Barry. I'm doing wonderful. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Next, everyone's favorite Disney dad, Matt. Matt, how's it going? It's going great, Barry. Very excited for tonight's episode. And last but not least, the real lady divine, Lindsay. Lindsay, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fabulous tonight. I'm so excited for tonight's episode. Great. All right. Not only having incredible success with restaurants all around the world, like a little restaurant called Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> His company was also the first outside company to create an animatronic character for a classic Disney attraction. And now they have more than 400 figures in Disney parks throughout the world. His mission is to inform, educate, and entertain. We would like to introduce our guest tonight, Garner Holt. Garner, how are you doing today? Very good. Oh, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Did you do that goofy voice when uh, Bill Farmer was on? Did you do it? I, I did, but Bill is very protective about the goofy voice. Mm -hmm. he, he And I, there's nobody in the world that studies Bill like I do. I, what I did is I didn't do the voice for Bill. I did the voice with Bill. Well, that's cool. I'm glad that it's something uh, that you can always say that you, uh, you did goofy with Bill Farmer. That's pretty cool. And he's a sweetheart of a man. All right, so Garner, why don't you go ahead and give us the quote-unquote nuts and bolts on, you know, how you got started and how you got affiliated with Disney. Well, I'll give you 45 years in about two minutes. How's that? <laughs> so I was, uh, I was born into what I always refer to as a horse family. I had uh, cowboys and my uncles were cowboys and had a cowboy bar and had riding stables and were world champion uh, calf ropers, and my dad was a racehorse trainer. And so I was supposed to be a veterinarian. That was what the family wanted me to be from the day I was born. And uh, um, so I was on the back of a horse until I was about 10 because I I loved horses. I you know think I burned out on them though a little bit. But uh, when I come home at night from hanging out in the ranch all day, I would go to, uh, I'd watch monster movies. I loved, uh, you know, the Universal Monsters, Frankenstein, all those things. I love the Monsters big time. I and uh, I love the, the you know, anything haunted. So I was trying to build little haunted houses in the backyard and that type of thing. And uh, one day I heard about this place called the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. And 
there was a thing on television with the Osmond brothers going through the Haunted Mansion on the World of Color, and uh, you still see that on YouTube if you look for it. Um, and uh, I about had a heart attack. I was like, there's a place called the Haunted Mansion, and it's full of these things and ghosts and monsters and whatever. So I ran into my parents' room. I begged them to take me to Disneyland to see it. I was probably about 12 years old. And uh, they took me to Disneyland, and uh, I went in the Haunted Mansion and hung out, you know, seeing the pirates and things. And on the way home, I leaned over, I still remember to this day, almost like it was yesterday, leaning over the back seat in my parents' car, telling them I want to build the things at Disneyland. I don't want to, I want to build those things. I don't want to be a veterinarian. I want to build the things that I saw that day. And I came home and I got a card table and put it in my parents' garage. And I started tinkering with some wood and string and little hinges and started building little things that I called my animated figures and built a haunted house in the backyard out of old chunks of plywood and and uh, it grew and grew and grew to the point where I got some attention in the um, in the newspaper and that led to an offer to build a uh, because of his success it led to an offer to build a haunted house for a local mall in San Bernardino, and then that led to haunted houses being requested by other malls in Inland Empire, Orange County, over by Disneyland and others. And uh, it all it all was good and fine doing the haunted houses, but it led to me doing my first animatronic figure, which was Uncle Sam for the Bicentennial, was in 1976. So I learned how to weld and my dad's welder and I welded a bunch of fence post parts together and got a bunch of pneumatic parts from a aircraft surplus place and made an uncle sam figure that stood up and uh that was for the bicentennial showed it in the mall where my haunted house was um that caught a bunch of tv attention and ultimately um after rebuilding uncle sam a year later um i had an av class in my high school and they had a camera and a video recorder, which were brand new at the time. Nobody had them privately. And it was very, very new. And uh, some friends asked if they could borrow it to film my Uncle Sam in my garage. So they came out, filmed it, and said, why don't you send this tape to Walt Disney Productions where they build it? And I, I said, oh, that's ridiculous. They're not going to care about anything that Snotty Kid did in the garage, you know. And uh, they sent it to Imagineering, which it wasn't Imagineering, it was WED at the time. And I got a phone call. My grandmother came into my room one day and said, Garner, there's a, somebody on the phone from Disney. And I about fell out of my chair. I went and got on the phone and they said, we saw your Uncle Sam tape and we're sending some engineers out to see your Uncle Sam figure. And I, I had a heart attack, you know, and, and they said, one of the... One of the figures that's or the figures, one of the, the people that are coming out are uh, is Waithel Rogers, and he was one of the fathers of animatronics at Disney, basically. And uh, I nearly had another heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they came out and saw Uncle Sam, and that got us started talking. I wanted to, I was about 17 at the time, I'd already started. Uh, well, I just was starting my company, I guess, then about 17. And I, I decided that uh, they wanted me to, they said, well, we're interested in having you work for us, but they couldn't find a place. You know, I mean, I was, I was still in high school and, you know, they said, really, there's, there's nothing we can do with you, really. We appreciate that you're doing this stuff. But they said, you know, we want you to go to college 
Yeah. And, you know, so you could eventually, you know, hopefully someday if you worked out in the company, you could get the management or something someday. And I didn't want to because I was a horrible student and uh, I wanted to uh, do something immediately. So I told my parents, I said, well, I'm going to start my company and uh, call it Garner Hole Productions. And then uh, and if it doesn't work, I can go back to school and go to work for Disney. If it does work, then, you know, so working for Disney, Disney was the best thing that never happened to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I'm sure that I would have been a very tiny spoke and a very large wheel there. So now I've gotten to build uh, figures for dozens and dozens of their attractions. It went on from there. You know, we I got a job at a theme park that was being built in Vegas and started doing other things in Vegas and it branched out Knott's Berry Farm. And eventually I got some work with Disney and eventually got to do the Haunted Mansion Holiday, which was the first big show that uh I'd done a lot of parade floats prior to that I'd done a lot of parades and parade float things and window displays and you know little displays at the park but the real breaking point was in uh 2001 which was the uh Haunted Mansion Holiday Show and then uh you know then soon after they wanted one for Tokyo and then soon after that I was building four Buzz Lightyear shows um you know for paris and japan and hong kong i believe and then and then out here in california we didn't do the one in in uh we didn't do the one in um florida and that led to just so many things you know with disney you know the phantasmic and and uh um you know mystic manor and things in tokyo disney sea and um things in all of the parks basically worked in all of their parks and things out here i mean we replaced figures for we built tiki's for tiki room birds we built jungle cruise stuff we built oh, small world figures we built did the nemo attraction two monsters uh uh shows two mermaid shows one here one in florida we didn't do all the characters for all these like mermaid for instance we did about 80 percent of the characters you know disney did some of the hero ones like ursula and one or two of the mermaids but we did all the rest um so it's been a, a long fun road and it's 45 years later and we're still you know we've got multiple jobs for the disney parks today and we're also working for other companies you know universal studios we do a lot with them we have more figures in their parks than anybody in the world i mean really mostly all the major figures in their parks and you know uh some of the other largest theme parks in the world like Efteling in Netherlands and Europa Park in Germany and and uh you know so that's kind of it in a nutshell I guess that that like was the whole you know history I say in a nutshell I guess <laughs> it's a nutshell but I'll tell you what <laughs> it's a big I, nut I, <laughs> I uh so I I I, I watched your you, I mean it was a little I mean a little bit a while ago but you did a TED talk you did a TED talk and it was amazing and you talked about on the TED talk, you talked about I the the idea of dreaming of, of how you kind of had like this, this overarching like story of your life and how, you, you know, you know, as a kid, you dreamed of being where you are now and how it just kind of, you dared, you dared to dream, you dared to, and, but also do the hard work that it takes to make that dream come true. I, you know, so I, I thought your TED talk was awesome. And what I love hearing about your story, your life, because 
you know, when I heard, I, I think there's just so much, even for me, for anybody else that's listening right now, you know, when we think about the story of our lives, you know, there, there was something about that dreaming aspect that you did. You dared to say, hey, even when you were a young kid, it was like, I, I, I'm in love with this thing. I mean, I have a passion for it. I've got to do it. There was almost this like divine calling on your life and it happened. And I just think that is so, that's, that, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so um, happy that you're here is because you don't meet, you don't meet a lot of people, you know, it, it's very rare to meet somebody who dare to dream, put in the hard work and, and has just such a, a rich life story. Well, there's a, there's a word that a lot of people don't use in the dictionary that I use a lot when I talk to college kids about this kind of thing. And I, it's called assiduous. And mm -hmm. assiduous means persevering to a fault. I think that, uh, I mean, if, you know, I, I didn't really have any more money than anybody. And I, I know I don't have any more brains than anybody else that, you know, in general, I just, uh, I didn't have a lot of advantages, but I think if anything, you know, someday on my gravestone, it's, it should say he was assiduous. In other words, I just, you know, decided that day that that's what I was going to do. And I think I have been obsessed for 45 years. I mean, I, you know, I wake up in the morning thinking about animatronics. I go to bed at night thinking about animatronics. <laughs> I, I spend all day thinking about it. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I mean, there are times that I can, you know, get away, but, you know, and, and the, from the most part, and being an entrepreneur, um, you know, I talk to entrepreneurial students all the time. And, uh, you know, there's that old thing everybody always says, you know, never give up. But really, you know, you really need to focus on that because, you know, you will run into, I've run into hundreds of, of obstacles that should have made me quit. You know, some have taken months and maybe even years to get over, but it's, it's, uh, people start businesses and then you talk to them a month or two later and it's like, Hey, how's your business going? Oh, well, I, it didn't work out. You know, I gave up and it's like, you know, no, you know, you should be trying 10 years from now, not, not giving up in two months. You know? If it's what you want to do, you just put your mind to it and you just forge ahead and, you know, no matter how long it takes or how, I struggled in the beginning, it wasn't easy at all. I mean, I slept on the floor of my first shop. Yeah, in a sleeping bag uh, for for probably seven or eight years. I was yeah. the only employee, yeah. and I had friends come over at night, and I couldn't pay them money, so I they ate pizza, you know. So they come and help now and then and help me do things. But yeah, you know, but I didn't give up, and and I think that you know, if anything, I would be an example of not giving up and wanting doing what you want to do, you know. Yeah. Perseverance. That's what when I when I watched that TED talk, I thought. Man, that's that's perseverance. And, and your story is great because I think in the world of animatronics is so interesting because it's it's both a, a world of imagination and and creativity. It's like right-brained, but it's also one of left brain engineering, boots to ground. And I that baffles me because you know, typically people fall in the realm of either one side or the other. But it's really, really, it's a beautiful world because it brings those two kind of things together in an artistic way. Animatronics is a combination of art and technology. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been half and half. And um, it's basically, um, you know, creating the illusion of life, you know, using art and technology and trying to pull off a, 
you know, creating a character that just stepped out of a movie screen, you know, or uh, which so much is what we do um, with uh, IP characters, you know, like from Disney or Pixar or Sony or DreamWorks, you know, all the characters they have. And they, you know, basically want them to be in an attraction. They want them to, you're not supposed to think that's an animatronic figure of that character. When you're in an attraction, you're supposed to think that is that character. You are actually witnessing that character alive. And we had that happen. We did 12 of the cars in Radiator Springs, the animated cars. And I remember standing outside the ride when um, the day it opened, in fact, and and uh, we were listening to people's reactions coming out of the ride. And a kid said to his mom, he said, mom, is that, he said, is that, that's where they filmed the movie in there, you know, kind of like those characters were real and they were just filmed inside of that attraction. And that was the movie, you know, so we knew that we were successful, you know, when that happened, so. Wow, great insight. All right, Barry. So, uh, Gardner, let me ask you, uh, A, what was the, the, the first big animatronic that you, you ended up putting in Disney? And B, what, what was the biggest uh, heartbreak animatronic ride or attraction that's no longer at Disney that you wish was still there that you worked on? Well, the first, uh, you know, Jack Skellington was the first, you know, major character because that was the haunted house I always dreamed of working in. And that was the first opportunity that I had to put a, you know, a, a, a important figure in a classic Disney attraction. It was a high-end character. And, and you know, a lot of people in polls said that was one of their favorite characters at the park, you know, and that, that astonished me. I was very proud of that. You know, the one that I feel bad about, I think, is the Phantasmic Dragon who went up in flames the other day. That was kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, it wasn't, wasn't our fault. We had, we had nothing. <laughs> he worked fabulously for like, what, 14 years or something like that. But um, but um, yeah, there's a lot of things going on there. And, and uh, you know, it was uh, unfortunate. But, uh, um, you know, so there's a lot of shows that we've done that are, you know, we did Mystic, uh, or uh, what's it called, Mystic? Yeah, uh, for Tokyo Disney Sea, the water show that they did, a lot of giant characters on, uh, um, not Mystic Manor, I'm, Mythica, I'm sorry, Mythica, um, the legend of Mythica, that was in Tokyo Disney Sea in the lagoon, and it had a bunch of big barges with giant dragon and, you know, other characters on it, and um, you can see that like on YouTube. That was a beautiful show and it was massive and huge and hard for us to hard for us to build, but it was uh, it was a great show. Um, so you know, there's a lot of things that come and go, you know, that you know, just have a natural life cycle, you know, and and uh, you know, I'm just proud that, you know, a show like Mythica could entertain, you know, millions of people before it went when it between the time it came and left, you know. So um that was fun all right let's jump around to some of the other uh co-hosts tara tara do you have a question for garner yes i do um so my question to you is how long does it take for you to design and build an animatronic well that depends um it, it depends on you know obviously how complicated it is you know People call us up all the time and and uh, that aren't familiar with animatronics, and they say, "Well, right. how much is an animatronic? You know, how much how much is an animatronic?" And 
you know, if, if I get on the phone with them, I'll say, well, let me, let me throw this at you. How much is a car? And then they'll think about it and they'll say, oh, okay, well, and they'll say, well, what do you want? A Volkswagen or a Mercedes or a Rolls Royce? And what do you want? Power windows, power brakes? You know, you start going through the thing and like, oh, okay, I get it. So, um, and then it depends on, additionally, it depends on whether we built it before. Um, you know, if you called up and said, I want a Tiki bird, I've, I've done, you know, a thousand different birds of all configurations. We probably have molds and everything back. I could probably do a Tiki bird in a month. Um, or a human character. We've done countless human characters. Um, but if you wanted, a, you know, some crazy thing, a marshmallow man that was 30 feet high or something, I mean, that might, that might take, you know, a year and a half and, you know, a, a heck of a lot of money. So um, it, a lot of it has to do with it, if it fits kind of our standard, um, you know, configurations that we do a lot of, you know, a lot of humans, uh, anthropomorphic, you know, human sized stuff, you know. Yeah, so anywhere between the month and, you know, I think when we were doing cars, I think the 12 cars took us like two years to do that. You know, that was a that was a big, you know, really a new configuration, a new concept. It was all had to look exactly like the cars on the screen did and the tires had to squish and they had to move just right and everything. That was that was uh, so some of them can take a long time. Wow, thank you. Let's see, Matt, do you have any questions? Well, I have lots of questions, but I'll try to narrow it because <laughs> I like, I like, no, Matt's ready to go. Uh, yeah. No, Garner, to nice go. To, to talk to you. I, I'm very excited. I like the, uh, the tech aspect of thing that you do. So you know, I would love to, to dig into that, but I also want like from your, you know, you're an expert in this field. We get to enjoy animatronics as fans, right? So when we go to the parks, it's kind of like what you said earlier, even though it's, you know, my son who's six and he sees, jack sparrow on the on the pirates he's like that's jack sparrow right that's not a robot to him so or an animatronic to him what in your professional opinion is the i guess from a technical aspect the most impressive animatronic that you've seen that you've built that's in the in the parks in disney like what's the one where you're like yeah that's that's the cream of the crop right there is there one hmm well um I guess I'd probably be biased. I'd probably say it was one of ours. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I think you know. It's funny. People. I always kind of go by people's reactions. You know, I mean, I think I think the things that make me feel that something's a favorite is by how many people I hear re respond to it, and because then it makes it something that was very successful. Um, you know, one that I hear a lot about all the time, and it's really crazy, is the Matterhorn uh, um, Yeti. I don't know if any of you have seen that. Oh, it's the, my favorite. I love the Matterhorn. The new, the new one that we put in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I love anything Matterhorn. It's just my So many people say, oh, man, I just, just, you know, I knew it was coming, and it just scared me. And, I mean, I had a, a guy the other day, and he said, he said, yeah, I'm not afraid of anything, but that thing just scares me. And you know, and he, you know, I mean, people talk about that all the time. I seem to hear about that Matterhorn character a lot. I liked him. I thought that was a very successful character. And I think it was cool because it was an iconic attraction, you know. And uh, I, lo I love to do things for iconic attractions. Um, people talk about the characters in Mystic Manor in Hong Kong a lot, too. Um, you know, the, the Albert the Monkey and uh, a lot of the things we did there um that seems to be a very impressive ride in in people's heads i i you know i was a fan of the dragon and maleficent i mean i was 
you know, there's so many things. It's really hard to pinpoint. As people ask me all the time what my favorite characters are and, and uh, um, you know, this and that. And, we're, and a lot of time I, I just tell them it has to go by decade because, you know, my, my favorite <laughs> movie was like Uncle Sam because it changed my life. And the next one was the unicycle riding character I, I built that got me my first theme park job. And then, you know, Jack Skellington was the first Disney, major Disney character, attraction character. And, uh, you know, the Cars ride, the Radiator Springs, that was a very, seemed like a turning point. That was such a big deal um, as an attraction and uh, that whole land and that, that attraction. And then, you know, so it just kind of, as time goes on, you know, they're current favorites right right Garner, i gotta ask you because you keep bringing it up i'm a history teacher so i love that your first animatronic was uncle sam mm -hmm. where where's uncle sam do you is, is he uh, do you have him is he somewhere he's in mothballs upstairs in a in our archive okay uh, we're we're gonna we do a lot with students here we have an educational division now in a building across the street Okay. And I have about 20 educators over there and we work on, we do things with schools and animatronics and schools. We tour on uh, a field trip type thing. We tour about 120 kids a day through this place. Oh, wow. And uh, we have a lot of exhibits. We have backyard monsters, which is giant bugs. We have ride vehicle collection. We have uh, the factory that they can walk through and see how things are being built. But um um, I, I am currently working on a plan to have Uncle Sam and, and the entire history of all the junk that I've saved for all these years uh, when I started out all in a kind of in a uh, linear, uh, almost like a museum display type thing for the kids, you know, because everybody keeps asking for it. So, so I'm going to get a lot of that out and put on display. Well, that sounds great. I'll be, I'll, I'll have to come down for that one. That, that looks pretty cool. That sounds pretty awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll reserve some of my questions for later. If we have some time, I'll let uh, I'll let Lindsay jump in here and, and say hi. Yeah. All right, Lindsay. Hi, good evening, Mr. Holt. It's a pleasure to speak with you. So, in my eyes, animatronics have come a long way. What do you think the future holds for technology of animatronics in the next five to twenty years? And can I add? Let's talk about AI. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not sure. You know, we're we're working on some things that you know are, a lot of my guys are kind of dabbling with uh, some projects and and you know toying with some ideas there. Um, animatronics is uh, you know there's a lot of possibilities right now, uh, even further than what you may have seen in an attraction. Um, but you know, it's, animatronics is expensive. It's labor intensive. It's technology intensive. Um, you know, you can wave your hand and say, well, I'm going to go build this and it could, could cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, we built figures for, you know, 40,000, we built figures for one and a half million. So I think that, uh, you know, I mean, there, there are technologies that are available now, like you go in the Pirates of the Caribbean right now, you ride by a pirate in the boat and the pirates is kind of staring into space. He's just animatronic. He's just kind of waving his sword and doing his thing or whatever, um, you know, with the bands and things that people wear and RFID technology, there's no reason that 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 data that's been collected on you that would know your name and what color you like and and all the different things about you that that couldn't be um, used by that pirate to um, first of all, you'd put a you know eye tracking in it, which we've done, 
uh, to where, you know, he could look at you and watch you and look at you eye to eye, and he would watch you and be able to engage with you. And then secondly, there's no reason that as you're passing by, he couldn't take that data and say, ah, you know, uh, hey, Billy, how about a sword fight? You know, talking to Billy, who's in the boat. Um, there's there's uh, a lot of interactivity that is possible that's, you know, not really being used, uh, you know, or engaged in attractions that could, I mean, it might get eerie, might get creepy. I don't know. You know, I think that's for the ride designers and everything to figure out. But, you know, a lot of that technology is available. AI is, it's there and it's usable. I mean, you know, uh, I've seen some figure work dabbled with that, you know, you just walk up and start talking to a figure and it talks to you. I've always had a dream of making figures more and more realistic. We have expressive head, our expressive head. I don't know if any of you have seen that on YouTube, our Lincoln head. If you look look up our name with Lincoln. And our- I have the skin. The, that's one thing that I think you're doing that's groundbreaking is I've never seen skin that looks like skin. <laughs> it's so yeah. You know, those kind of things. If we can continue with that, um, you know, I'd like to have you walk in the shop here one day and, you know, sign up at the front desk and talk to the secretary and, and, you know, have her stand up and give you your badge and all of that. And then, you know, and then walk in the room and let you know that that secretary is not a real person, you know, and then have you be surprised. That would be, that would be really cool for me to be able to, to, you know, animatronics is just in its own, you know, just for its own sake is, fun and technological and it's a robot with skin and clothes and it talks to you but um but doing things i like to do things that are kind of like magic tricks like wendell the unicycle rider that we did and and other characters I like to do things that engage you that are that that surprise you you know kind of like a, a magic trick would and and uh you know or something that shocks you with its realism or shocks you with what it can do or you know those kind of things excite me i have one more question the whole of presidents have have you, have you ever done any of the presidents no we haven't those are you know the president the presidents there are a that would be considered a major hero character you know for the disney company and uh i doubt if they um there would ever be a day that they would not do that internally because it's so um important and prestigious to do the president i'd love to do one oh i'd love to do one more than anything but I don't, you know, they, they, they still build figures internally, you know, and, and uh, they, they focus on a lot of the hero characters and a lot of the research and development characters and things. So, um, you know, I'd probably never get to actually do the alt one, although I would love to. <laughs> I did Lincoln. <laughs> I used the same voice for my Lincoln as the one that used to be there. I don't like the one they have now, but uh, maybe one of you know, the fellow did Henry the Bear in Country Bear Jamboree. Um, Hired him to do our Lincoln, and a uh, great, great guy. Yeah, he was. Uh, he did the Lincoln there originally, I believe. Um, sounded real good. He was. He kind of like channels Royal Dano, who did the one for Disneyland. You you never know. You know, I know you're saying that the, these are the hero characters, but Jack's a pretty big character, and you got to do Jack Skellington. So you, <laughs> you never know, Garter. You, one props. day they might be calling you. <laughs> oh yeah, we've done a lot of we've got you know like the mermaid uh, Ariel. She's a big character. I mean, hey, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing's impossible. Yeah. So, uh, Garner, why don't you go ahead and tell us about things that you're currently working on? Uh, your the Garner Holt Foundation and also the education through imagination. 
So just briefly, uh, for years, I've given tours to Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and college kids and everything to shop, you know, and it inspires them. And I always notice they kind of leave the shop with the expression kind of like I think I might have had when I left Disneyland the first day. And uh, they're always smiling and saying, oh, I want to work here someday, you know, and uh, even dentists, you know, have said, you know, I don't want to be a dentist anymore. I want to work here. And, you know, it's inspiring to me that people get a kick out of what we do. And so we started to, you know, everything that I did was based on shop classes that I had in school. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I didn't ever go. To, I tested out of high school when I was in my junior year. I never went to college. Uh, really, everything I've done was based on my my shop classes. I was able to sit in the garage and start building stuff. You know, they took a lot of shop classes away from schools out here in California. I don't know about where you live, all of you. But, uh, you know, you don't have metal shop and wood shop and drafting and welding and any of that stuff here anymore. So we decided to create a shop class. Um, Y'all heard of Anna Maker, or you all heard of maker spaces, right? Where you have a room full of machines and things and you build stuff. But we created something called an animaker space where you can build an animatronic tiki bird and using all kinds of equipment, you know, 3D printers, um, you know, laser cutters, uh, vacuum forming machine, um, you know, SolidWorks computers to do CAD. And um, we put it all in one room and we call it an animaker space and kids come in and build tiki birds so that we're selling those to schools all over the country. And uh, we have one as far away as Florida. And uh, we have, uh, uh, we're putting them all over the place, everywhere we can. And uh, so kids can learn about animatronics and learn about career paths, about 20 or 25 or 30 different career paths that they can, you know, look into costuming and all the fun stuff that you do when you build an animatronic figure. And they get to watch, you know, films and they get to watch live or virtual tours of the shop here, you know, they're in a different state. And uh, learn all about animatronics, different curriculum. We have different kits, different things you can build. So um, then it occurred to me that, well, what about the kids around here that can't, that the schools don't have an animaker space and the kids want to learn about animatronics and they can't afford to or they don't have a school that has an animaker space. So I said, we're going to create a thing called Garner's Garage. And uh, it's where I, you know, represent where I started. And we uh, have a big building over here across the street. And it's going to be Garner's Garage. And we're working on that right now. And basically, it's where you come in for free. And uh, if you're a kid, it's, uh, if you're an underserved child or you're a foster child or something like that, and somebody can get you over there, they can, uh, we've, we've already let foster kids build tiki birds and places they can just walk in and build stuff and cost them a dime and they can walk out. Uh, So I have a question. So what advice can you give to anyone who's looking to begin a career in animatronics? That's a good question. There's a lot of schools now that have uh, robotics and animatronics classes. Um, You know, you can get to the point where you have some experience under your belt, you know, maybe with a class or some basics. Um, The best way is to go to work for a company that that does what we do. there's not a lot in the country. There's a couple, um, but uh, uh, there's also the theme parks, you know, Universal's always looking for people. Disney, they're always expanding Florida and California. Um, you know, I, it's, a, it's a niche industry. It's very small. And, and uh, you know, sometimes you can intern. Um, how are we doing on time? Are we doing on time? Do you want to hear a quick story about that? Oh, yeah, we, we, we are here for you. So you know that what D23 is, right? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So a D23 about, I don't know, eight years ago or seven or eight years ago um, in California here, this little girl came up to me and she was, uh, I think she was just a, a 10th grade or something like that in high school and uh, jumped right in front of me and said, oh, I love animatronics and showed me all these pictures and she wanted to be an animatronic designer. And she said, you know, how can I do that? And I said, well, what do you want to focus on? She says, well, I want to be a mechanical engineer and I want to learn how to build animatronics. And I said, well, you know, I mean, you're young and you're in school. You got to go to, you probably need to go to college and get a degree in mechanical engineering. I said, we hire people like that here. And, uh, and she says, okay. And I took, a, you know, I spent a lot of time with her and told her about different things and things she could do and what to focus on and that. She walked away never saw her again and then um about uh well this last november you know fast forward about five years or something like that or six years this last november a d23 this tall girl walks up to me and says you remember me and i said no and she said uh i she opened a book and had pictures of me with her shaking her hand and she said this is d23 many years ago and he told me to become a mechanical engineer and you'd hire me. And I said, oh, great. And she says, I'm a degreed mechanical engineer now and can oh. I have my job? <laughs> <laughs> and showed me all of her stuff. She was head of her robotics class, wow. head of her, uh, all of her robotics stuff in school. Um, she did this, she did that. And she, you know, had all this stuff and showed me all the spirits. I was floored. I was floored. She says, you know, I, you I, I'm floored hearing this. And uh, I'm here. And uh, so about uh, two months ago, we uh, hired her and yes. uh, she works in our design department now and she's uh, working on a universal project right now. All right. She's our next guest, everybody. She's <laughs> our next guest. We got to get her story. on. Yeah, that's no, such I'm a serious. cool story. I, I want to hear her story. No, that's, a, that's a good story. Uh, <laughs> so Garner, before I jump to Max, he has a good question for you. You have to give us the Chuck E. Cheese story. It's a pretty simple story. So when Chuck E. Cheese first started out, I think many of you probably remember the original stores had like five characters. Um, there was some purple guy and a couple other odd characters, uh, Henny, Henny the Hen and a lot of these people. So, but those characters from the animatronic standpoint, they only had about four or five movements each, maybe six, you know, they were just very simple. You know, they turn their head, kind of bang around. They did a little show. Um, Chucky used those for a long, long time. And um, it was uh, uh, kind of a standard thing and it grew and the mm -hmm. company grew. And uh, um, so one day they just decided we need to change our image, change our look. And uh, so they came up with a concept called Studio C. And Studio C was where they said, we're gonna eliminate all of these multiple characters. We're gonna put all our effort into one character and make it Chucky, right? So they said, instead of a couple of characters with four or five movements apiece, we're going to put 30, 30 movements in one character and, and be kind of a Disney quality level character, right? Yep. So when they did that, um, I was just getting to the point where I was being recognized as an animatronic company, and they put out kind of the word, and I, I got caught in on it, that um, to some of the animatronic companies that were out there, and there were several at the time, all of them are out of business now. There was Sequoia and there was Creative Presentations and there was Advanced Animations. And uh, I think Advanced is still around, but the other ones are gone. But they put out a contest, it was kind of a contest. And, and they said, 
design the ultimate Chuck E. Cheese character. And if we like it, tell us how much it'll cost. And if we like it, then you're doing it. And it could be hundreds of shows. Well, it turned out to be that we did over 550 Chuck E. Cheese shows. Um, that's how many actually it was. And um, but at the time, it was a competition, and our character just simply won out. It was a uh, mm -hmm. uh, I put a lot of effort and my artists put a lot of effort into making it the best looking character we could and something that they'd really like and just just prayed and crossed our fingers that we'd get the job and we did and it lasted for 25 years you know experiencing animatronics going back to, as a kid you know there were animatronics that were like you expected like going to you know either disney either you know, a pizza place, and you would just expect, okay, they're only going to have this amount of range, uh, uh, motion. I think that's kind of what really tripped me up about Chuck E. Cheese. It was like, when you went there, it was a lot more fluid. And I, as a kid, you're thinking, well, I've been to all these other places, and they, I'm, I'm used to them just moving a very specific way. But now, there's this other there's this Chucky guy who's moving in ways I've never seen. So I think that's what the company liked about it was the fact that we had something, you know, they, they had us after they chose us, they had us do the first one just to make sure that it worked. And, you know, the whole thing mm -hmm. was what they thought it was going to be, and we did it and they liked it. And they said, that's the one, you know, and uh, that was, uh, that was an important thing for us. That's, one of the most important jobs that I've ever had in this company because it was like massive. I mean, over 25 years, you know? Yeah. Oh I, my remember, I remember feeling sad when, when I was a kid and when half of the, the Chucky band didn't work and then you're just like, you know, you're like, come on. But yeah. I mean, you didn't, you didn't care at the time. Now I think about it. Now I'm frustrated because I was like all the times it could have been working and none of it was working. Right. So, you know, half of the time Chucky's eyes weren't blinking or, yeah. Well, I think one of the hooks for us was the fact that we hadn't done a major Disney character yet for like the skeleton, but we did a bunch of parade float characters and a bunch of other stuff for Disney. And that was kind of one of the hooks I had with Chucky was I kind of went in and said, you know, we do a lot of stuff for Disney and they were interested in that. And I said, you know, there's a lot of reliability there because the things we do for them have to be very reliable. And we have to, you know, I said all the componentry we used is accepted by them. So uh, the other companies that I was working with hadn't done things for Disney. So we were just getting our getting in the door. And uh, so I think that was one of the hooks that and that was important to them. Uh, what you said was the reliability of the thing. They wanted it to, you know, I mean, you, you know, that's the whole focus of the restaurant at the time, other than the arcade, you know, was the show, you know, so. Hey, Garner, would you ever write a book or something on your experience okay <laughs> so i have i i don't write but i um my girlfriend has uh been she takes her phone and uh we spent i've got about i think i last checked i think 38 hours of um telling i i i can't really talk i don't talk well just into a microphone so i i have her run the you know push the button on the phone and then yeah. i talk her I talked directly to her so we've got 38 hours right now I think of me telling my story from the very beginning and and I've had it all transcribed um and uh I think I go up to about 10 years ago so um I, I need to finish that 10 years and then I'll have a 
you know, about this thick of pages of material that I'll turn over to somebody and probably Bill Butler here, our, my vice president of creative, uh, he's a writer. And I think he'll probably uh, condense all that into a, a book. So it's just something you can put up right on that coffee table and ask who it no, is. No, I, I need it. Like I need. There's a lot of crazy stuff. I can tell you. I, and I want to hear it all. So, <laughs> All right, Garner, I think we have one more question, Matt. Yeah. So uh, before we, you know, we wrap up and we're going to have to have you back, Garner, because I want to hear some more of those please, stories. Please, and please, please. Tons please. of more questions. But <laughs> we always like to, to give our guests uh, a chance to, you know, get those creative juices flowing a little bit. And we, you know, we refer to it as the Disney term, the blue sky imagineering. So if you had free reign, any park, Disney universe, wherever you want, any character, any hero character, whatever you wanted, what's like the dream animatronic figure, attraction? What's the one that you're like, I would love to do that? I'd like to build, um, you know, we did a Pirates of the Caribbean in, um, in uh, Europa Park. Their, their original Pirates ride burned down and uh, they replaced it. We've did the whole show in there you know but you know i mean i'd, I'd love to have imagine i mean you know this is like you, know, you say like if you pick the dream or something i'd love to have imagineering say develop like an attraction that was an enormous groundbreaking attraction like radiator springs or something i'd love to you know have more involvement in that and be able to you know design and build everything in it you know i mean just, just something really enormous and and exciting and groundbreaking and you know, not sure what what it would be at this point, but you know, because we've we've gotten to work on so many cool things, and it's it's hard to outdo some of the things we've done. But right, yeah, yeah, I I just think something really cool like that, some new groundbreaking thing, you know, that then do all the figures for it. Yeah, like it. Okay, great answer. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, I mean, right. maybe maybe we'll get that 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 uh, the Garner Holt Productions timeline attraction with all of those. They stuff, you know, we got Uncle Sam at the beginning. We well, no, no, no. Well, you, need time. Uncle, you need to put Uncle Sam in the in the front of uh, the Hall of Presidents. Well, but but we got to get the book first, and then yeah. the book. we have to read. We have to you read know. first. Well, you got plenty of time for this, right? You do this weekend, you'll get <laughs> oh, the book easy. out. <laughs> I want just the life story. That's what I want. I well, want. You know, I've gotten a, actually to tell you the truth. I've gotten a lot of pressure in the recent past about a book, and people. It is, and the fact that you mentioned it, it's interesting that it continues to like build. You know, I talked to a lot of people, and a lot of people keep mentioning a book, a book, a book. So. Um, so it might happen, you know, sooner than later. You need a book. And I was like, I, 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 after I watched your Ted talk, I just wish, I wish I had more, more of, of not only your story, but how, you know, and you're, you're doing it. You have, you have so many people that you are investing in other engineers and, and your bigger story. I appreciate your interest in that, and I um, I appreciate everyone's interest in it. Um, you know, looking back, it's really kind of funny, you know, looking back at it, it all seems like a blur to me. It almost seems like, you know, every once in a while I kind of wake up and I look back and I'm like, how in the heck did I get here? <laughs> I mean, it's like it, there's so many things and so much work and effort and projects and characters and, you know, stuff all over the world in 34 different countries we've worked. And I just look back and say, wow, you know, what a, what a, what a 
what we've accomplished in that time. You know? like, yeah. It's hard to realize how we did it, you know. You'll see some new things at the Disney parks here coming up and you'll probably, I can't talk about them, but you'll probably figure out that we probably were involved or maybe we can talk about them later. We'll yeah. do that for sure. So, uh, Gardner, why don't you go ahead and uh, let our audience know, you know, places that they can find you, where they can find your, uh, your foundation and also your uh, education through imagination. Well, there's Garnholt, uh, there's ETI, Garnholt Education Through Imagination. That's a website. We have the Garnholt Foundation um, website. We have, and all of them you can get to from uh, garnerholt.com, www.garnerholt.com. Um, I apologize in advance for our website. We, we, we've been so busy for so long. We just, it's an older website, but it, it kind of gives you an idea of some of the things that we've done, but uh, you can get everywhere from there. And uh also, look on YouTube, look up, you know, if you look up Garner Holt, you can see a lot of our expressive head work, uh, which I'm real proud of, the Lincoln head, so put in Garner Holt Lincoln, um, and, uh, you know, there's just a lot of stuff out there, I haven't looked lately, it's been a long time since I've looked, but there's a lot of stuff out there that, you know, there's some crazy stuff, interviews that I, I did probably 30 years ago that are on there that I, you know, I, I I wasn't an old goat back then. I was just a snotty kid, you know, with, <laughs> with browner hair, you know. <laughs> but, but there's some interesting things out there that you can look at, you know. And they can find you on Facebook, Gardner Holt Production, and the Gardner Holt Education Through Imagination groups on there as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and we're uh, we're doing some consumer products. We have some tiki birds that we're developing that, uh, you know, a tiki bird in a box, you can build an entire programmable animated figure with music and hooks to, you can hook it up to multiple birds and make your own tiki show. And we're doing that. It's going to be out at the end of the year. So everybody that contacts us, uh, contact us and let us know if you're interested in getting info on the tiki bird, um, you know, and uh, you can write, write into info at garnerholt.com. We'll let you know when the tiki birds are available and we'll have you hook I'll you tell up. you right now, sharing the magic. We'll, we'll we'll be we'll be we'll be asking yeah. for one. Yes, yeah. it will be at Christmas time. That is what I'm asking for. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And then, I have one so last well. question before we. So your name's Holt. Um, my my mother's maiden name is Holt. Hmm. And so I don't meet many Holts, and and it's a German name. Um, and so do do you know I. We're, we're not we're probably not family but uh but you know but the Holt name is is do you have any insight on on the Holt well name? my dad my dad came from Arkansas area yeah my parents met in Redlands out here in fact you know just probably a mile from where we are now in a dance um before World War II and yep. uh, my mom was from Minnesota my dad was from Arkansas and uh they came out here just before the war for various reasons yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I just went through uh, 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 Holt, Missouri the other day. <laughs> it was, uh, I stopped in the town. It's about 300 square, uh, about 300 acres. And uh, it uh, has a big tower that says Holt, Missouri. So I stopped there just for fun. <laughs> there is a place there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I can't tell you more than that. Yeah. So, you know, my, it was, so I guess when my family on my mom's side, when they moved, my mom, my mom was shared, her name is Sherry Holt. Hmm. So, but, but when they moved, it was Von Holtifer. So, hmm. 
this this isn't on the cast i'm gonna cut all this out but like because it's nobody cares about this but this is just me but when i went to germany i went to germany um i said hey you know my uh my my mom you know uh was was my, i'm jeff shaver but on my dad's side it was schaefer which means shepherd mm -hmm. in in german mm -hmm. uh, on my mom's side it was holtz but it was von holtofer you know mm -hmm. what holtz means in german is like trees it means it means something like um trees or forestry and so i had a vaughn name but when my when my mom's side they moved here they dropped the vaughn and all that they just said holt it wasn't holtz h-o-l-t-z it was just h-o-l-t and and they said well because when people moved here you know in that time that's what you did you had to kind of americanize the name but sure. when I went to germany just to you know for a couple of weeks on a student and student abroad thing but it, it what they said what i was staying with my host family said okay here's what happened holt yeah. holt it means that you had a family that had forestry right so if your name was holt that means once upon a time, you know, you had your old, your family's family, your, your, your grandpa's grandpa's grandpa, whatever, whoever it was, had owned forestry, owned mm. land. Mm. And that's where the Holtz name came from. So I wasn't, mm. I wasn't sure if you're aware of that, but I thought I'd share it with you. because Yeah, no, on that other extension of the name, I'd never heard that before. So that's probably no connection to our family that, you know, that name. But uh, no, Vaughn, Vaughn is just a name of nobility. That just means uh, that just meant you that all that meant was you owned a lot of trees. Yeah. <laughs> the whole name just meant you owned some trees. <laughs> yeah. Well, we probably owned a forest of bushes or something. You know? That's and probably um, me too. You know, before the war, my dad's name, you know, I talk about people changing names. My dad, my dad's name when he was born back in Arkansas, his name was Berlin. Berlin Holt and um, you know as you say you know German connection oh, yeah and uh, B-E-R-L-I-N like the city mm -hmm. and when World War II started my grandparents freaked out and they thought that's not a good name to have you know with the Germans and you know Hitler and all that so they yeah, yeah. to Berlin B-U-R-L-I-N Berlin Holt there you go. and uh, so overnight it magically switched from Berlin Holt to Berlin Holt yeah he spent the rest of his life with that name so yeah. um yeah things change for various reasons you know and, and, and for good reasons but i always i always think like the holt name is kind of cool because i'm like mm -hmm. i think of robin hood i think of connotations of like the forest and mm -hmm. the, that's that's what the holt name came from was like trees and forestry and that sort of like enchanted yeah face of, well you know the name garner means to gather and to store and uh, that's very accurate for me because I have gathered and stored a lot of stuff over a period of years. <laughs> I bet you have. <laughs> okay, we got to respect your time. I'm done. If you do it again sometime. Let me know. Yes. Right. Are we, can we have you back? Are we just what a great conversation and just awesome to talk to. You and it's just, it was really, really Thank cool. you. Thank you very much. Same with you guys. It's been fun. And uh, yeah, let me know. Let me know when this is going to go out or how it goes out. And so I can watch it somewhere. Yes, we'll send it probably about a week. We got, I'll we'll edit it. And, okay. You know.
but very good thank you so so much all right we want to thank you for turning into another episode of sharing the magic and again we want to thank garner holt for coming on tonight again check him at www.garnerholt.com for any of the information that we talked about and as always please hit that follow button to stay up to date on the latest and tell all your friends to tune in wherever they hear awesome podcasts like this one. You can also find us on all social media, such as Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Sharing the Magic Pod. Until next time, keep sharing the magic. We are not an affiliate of the Walt Disney Company, nor do we speak for the brand or the company. Any and all Disney-owned audio clips, likeness, and characters are their property and theirs alone. Mm-hmm.